Hi there, I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. Welcome to Mages and Murder Dads. Probably, still probably, the only podcast dedicated to Baldur's Gate and sponsored by Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. Yeah, this is episode seven. Wow. We've been doing it. I think it, if, at this point we're going we're gonna to go all the way. All the naysayers... All have, of the naysayers. We have people. That, I mean, none of those people have reared their heads in our um, YouTube uh, comments. Thanks to our wonderful team of moderators on YouTube. Hats off to you, uh, mm-hmm. you nice uh, people. But mm-hmm. yeah, all the Police naysayers. The language. We're like, we're keeping them out. We're de- <laughs> we delete eighty to ninety comments a day. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. We don't um, delete any comments. <laughs> we don't. We don't. But. Uh, but yeah, all the naysayers could, said we couldn't do it, said we couldn't get to seven. Here we are. There's absolutely nothing stopping us well, from going all the way. The only, the, uh, the only thing to fear is fear itself. There you go. Uh, I think uh, Elminster said that. Elminster. Um, or our future dystopian overlord, Donald um, Trump. I was going to go with Jill Stein, but whichever. whichever. I think you mean Dr. Jill Stein. <laughs> Dr. Jill have, Stein. Have a little bit of respect. That's right. Um, um, hashtag Gary Johnson. But um, so... <laughs> okay, glad we got all that out of the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, we, we got there. Apparently and we missed it last episode. We forgot um, to talk about Gary Johnson <laughs> last episode. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, no. So uh, a couple things here at the top. If you've never listened to this before, hey, go back and listen to the other episodes. It's kind of important to understand what's happening. B or number two. I don't remember the first thing I said. What you see on the screen is not what exactly is happening. This is a gestural visual content that is sometimes, if I do say so myself, as the person who puts it together, pretty funny. Yeah, sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's even somewhat corresponds to what we're talking about, but mm-hmm. it isn't a one-to-one here. No, so. I, I try very hard to get it as close as possible, but sometimes you just don't have enough, like, there's no B, I'm, I'm not capturing Baldur's Gate B-roll here. No, God, no. So you just better hope I've walked around a lot. Mm-hmm. And, other little thing here at the top, thanks for, uh, thank you to everybody. The people who continue to listen to this. The people who are uh, brand new listeners but want to continue listening, we uh, thanks so much. We got really good comments. We have a really great set of commenters. Had a really good uh, discussion this last time for in the last episode in the comments. So uh, yeah, we just we always want to say thank you here at the top. And if you like this, uh, hit that subscribe button or uh, hit the like button. Do both. That would really help us out. And then uh, follow follow me on Twitter. Don't follow Danny because he's not on Twitter. And you can uh, you can reach me in the comments. You can reach him in the comments, and you know what? You can you can kick money to us to support this uh, on the Patreon link as well. How about that? And I think Councilman is starting a new Patreon goal at some number that he's going to come up with, and if he gets to that number, I will make a Twitter account. Oh my God! No, no way! Yeah, all right, make it high. Okay, let's. This is literally he's really sprung this on me. 
Mm-hmm. But okay, I'll do that. It's $800,000 a month. <laughs> yeah, a month. It's going to be Great. really hard. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that at the end of uh, at the end of Baldur's Gate 1. Mm-hmm. Okay. A drive. We'll do a fun drive. <laughs> we'll do a fun run. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. That's already it's fun. in the name. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much. The community's absolutely great. Um, we just want to keep delivering this content. Keep awesome. delivering that content before we are jailed <laughs> in the dystopian state that has no room for Baldur's Gate content. But you know what? After we've done all these things, after all of this preamble, we, we need to talk about our little topic. We like to have a little topic here at the episode. Yeah, you want me to toss you one here? Yeah, yeah. Danny prepared our topic today. Yeah, you can tell which ones I prepare because they're they're a little they're a little wonky. Uh, pro t- pro hint, the the last one resulted in a fifteen minute talk about alignment that no one wanted to listen to. But hey, I think no. that that was two times ago. I think, and that was <laughs> yeah. the most well listened to episode so far. <laughs> here we go. I don't know. So. I want you to I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to give you a little prompt here. So I want you to imagine that you're a player. Hold on. Is this a, taking place in the theater of the mind? In the theater of the mind. Okay. Imagine that you're a player of a real Dungeons & Dragons cam- game, and the campaign is exactly what you've experienced thus far in the video game Baldur's Gate. I want you to describe your relationship and kind of maybe your social group social groups relationship like the folks you're playing with the party Mm -hmm. i want you to describe your relationship to the dungeon master Hmm. openly hostile (laughs) openly hostile i think this would have to be a very passive aggressive kind of uh party situation going on here so are we in junior high? Let's let's start like kind of let's set the milieu. Are we like in middle school or high school? No, I'm me right now. You're me right. Okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. You are you're you're you are who you are, and you're in this group, and you kind of I guess you kind of do you pregame the the Dungeons and Dragons game? Do you like go to a bar with the party and you like kind of knock a few back and be like, what the what the hell does Darren have up up his sleeves next, guys? You're throwing Darren under the bus here. I'm just, I'm just, I just said a name. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, well, if Darren listens to it, he'll, he'll he's right in under there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm, oh, so, so you're saying like, do we get together to complain about the very idea of playing before playing? I think, yeah, I think that's a live option in this universe. That mm-hmm. we, we've no, in, in this, in this uh, parallel universe we've crafted, I don't think so. I think everyone just shows up, and they, you know, we just really think that. Like, we know he's putting his all into it, right? Mm-hmm. But we also know there was no way we weren't going through several mines <laughs> and, like, having to go through multiple layers of trap-filled dungeon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is like this is some old, crunchy D&D. Yeah. I think that this is one of those situations where we saw it coming and we put all of our effort into trying to short-circuit, you know, one of these plot cul-de-sacs. Mm-hmm. And nothing. It was. It was not going to happen. Yeah, every encounter deals with the player being in the wrong. So I, I, I'm like, I'm rolling all my skills, right? I'm I'm rolling diplomacy. I'm rolling athletics. I'm I'm doing everything. I'm making per, uh, like uh, perception checks, one hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. to try to to play my way out of this. But no, it's always yeah. swords. It's always magic. I'm being punished for being a sorcerer. <laughs> 
<laughs> Constantly, yeah. Uh-huh. There's definitely an antagonism around me choosing to be a sorcerer here. So what is it that keeps you and your group of players coming back over and over again to this campaign, to uh, Darren, as I made up this name? We're, we're just so far in. <laughs> it's the sunk cost fallacy? It, it is 100% like social sunk cost fallacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Well, what a beautiful little mental image that we painted in our uh, theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. If you're a good think... artist, you should uh, draw that. Yeah. I don't know how you draw that. I want you to represent an abstract set of emotions. You can mm-hmm. you can send that to me on Twitter. I don't think that you can put links in a in a YouTube comment. <laughs> Fun. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I think that it's one of those things where I don't know. I kind of pictured like there's probably this kind of uh, weird social dr- drama thing going on where you know the only reason we continue to do this is like outside social obligations like maybe the dungeon master um, is your boss is your boss that's exactly what i'm thinking or like a (laughs) professor or something (laughs) and you just you really need that recommendation letter and your colleagues do too and you just like that's why i was thinking you go to a bar earlier to like to, to do a few shots before you show up because you know you just need to grind this thing out. There has to be an end. He's got like this this perfect, you know, denouement planned um, and you just need to get there and you've done your best to just try to move through it as efficiently as possible but it's it's just grinding away at your soul. Mm-hmm. This is a sad story we've constructed. <laughs> this is like a fun game. It is, it is. But I, you know... I think uh, when you add the element of, uh, oh, well, hold on. Imagine that this isn't a video game. Imagine mm-hmm. this is a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. It takes on a, another dimension, doesn't it? It, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. I'm much less forgiving of, like, sloggy video gaminess in my D&D. Oh, my God. I remember our fourth edition campaign where there were... Um, there were planar wisps, like, attacking you and two party members while you were in a canoe in an underground river. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that somebody had to row in order for the thing not to fall off the this waterfall, the underground waterfall, and then other people had to fight the wisps. And Kunzelman threw the oars into the underground river and, like, in-game straightened his hat and crossed his arms. And he said, let's see what a waterfall does. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah i mentioned i probably did that yeah i believe you have no memory that. of that i uh, i don't i remember that scenario i don't remember <laughs> being uh quite as much of a spoil sport about it but i'm sure i was that sounds yeah. right i mean because it was like a little bit of a video gaming video gamey like situation that i had come up with mm-hmm. yeah well what happened did we fall over the waterfall yeah, you you stuffed uh you stuffed Lonnie into a bag of holding. Oh yeah. And, um and you took some fall damage and then you kind of had to like make your way through a uh a underground kind of underdarky cavern that I had to come up with on the spot. Mhm. So, yeah. What a good game. What a good game. Well, tune into our other podcast, <laughs> D&D Hour. D&D Reminisce Hour. Yeah. Uh when we just reminisce about D&D. 
just and just unconnected anecdotes, more or less like that. A hundred percent, just like. Also that. brought to you by uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, brought They're... to you by um, Dan Harmon. <laughs> there you go. Not anything he does, just him. Mm-hmm. Dan Harmon's paying us to talk about D and D reminisce hour. There you go. Pretty weird. Yeah. So what happened last time? Oh, boy. Well, you know, it was one of those episodes where it took up a bit of time, but uh, really, we just kind of got to Baldur's Gate. We were like, okay, we're going to get to Baldur's Gate this episode, and we did. We got to Baldur's Gate. We did a little Thieves Guild quest, um, and then we said, hey, next episode, which we were referring to this episode when we said that, next episode, let's do the Seven Sons Coster. I still don't know what that is. Like, I still no. do not know what the word coster means. Have you looked it up? I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm remaining ignorant. Mm-hmm. We're doing that on a lot of things in this podcast. You gotta take a stand. If you mm-hmm. don't stand for something... You'll fall for anything. There you go. I couldn't remember the other part. <laughs> there you go. hmm I didn't have to even say that. You know, I could have let it be organic. Sure. But yeah, so last episode, I said that I was going to figure out what's up with Ragefast holding the nymph captive. Yeah, yeah, that was a little plug you put there at the end. It was, and I'm going to update you on that after you tell us about this other thing. Yeah, so I wanted to stick with the plan. And the plan was, do the Seven Sons trading coster. So I wanted to advance the plot, I wanted to give our list of viewers some real some real meat so like as you're walking through Baldur's gate people will walk up to you their little circles will light up white and they'll start r- running over to you and they'll like give you a side quest prompt mm-hmm, and, and oftentimes like, uh, uh, yeah. there's a snake in my boot exactly they all say that yeah <laughs> and uh and so I go through a few, like, the the first thing I do is, like, I, like, hit up some shops to make sure I don't want to, like, buy anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm doing that, especially in, like, inns and such, I'm just, like, people are coming up, and and oftentimes I'm just, like, yeah, 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 sure, I'll, I'll get to that. So, yes, that's fine. And there's one, like, little, little one where I talk to this guy named Lathander in an inn, and I talk to him after I talk to... A woman with three different types of trees in her name. Her name was like Maple Willow Oak. And then she like rants and raves about her parents naming her that and then disappears. I don't know if she despawned and it was a bug. I don't know. I don't know if it was intended mm-hmm. that she disappear, but that she just did. And then I talked to the person standing next to her, and it's this guy named Lathander, and he's like, Hey, um, you're poisoned. This guy named Merrick poisoned you. Um, you gotta like talk to you know you gotta get get the antidote for antidote from him. You better do what I say. Like the only way we're gonna get the antidote is if you do what I say, and I need you to do this thing. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, oh, I'll just be able to like finish this at my leisure sometime at the end of the chapter. Maybe next chapter. Maybe I'll just finish it before I finish the game. And uh, and we'll get to this. But I was wrong. That's the end dot. of that story for right now? For right now, yeah. Just a, like an M dash here? A dot, dot, dot. An ellipsis, as it were. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, so... Yeah, but put a little bracket on that. Yeah. So, yeah, so Rage Fast. I didn't really do that many. I did, like, two side quests mm-hmm. for this episode. 
because uh, they, they're both fairly long, I guess. This one actually took quite a while, so, you know, at the end of the last episode, I said, I'm going to find this Rage Fast guy. I'm going to find out what's up with him capturing this nymph. And so I literally run all over Baldur's Gate looking for this dude. Like, I went everywhere. And I eventually mm-hmm. found this other wizard named Razimuth, who told me that he doesn't like Ragefast. And he knows that Ragefast has a nymph. And he wants Ragefast's nymph. Hmm. So he'd give me a bunch of money if I go get the nymph and bring her to him. And I was like, sure, I will do that. But I had no intention of doing that. That's, mm, that. You were just keeping your options open here. It just you know, That just sounds evil, like capital mm-hmm. E, true evil. Sure. So I, I literally, and I'm not even kidding, I had to go to every like node of Baldur's Gate to find Ragefast. I eventually find him uh, right right above the, the Hall of Wonders or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I go there. I go into his house. He's standing there with the nymph, and he's like telling her, he's like, You'll love me one day. Oh, wait, I need to do my wizard. You'll love me one day. Mm. She's like, no, I won't. I'm I'm a nymph. I don't want to love you. All of the beauty you see in me is because I was in nature. If I'm not in nature, I will die. And he says, no, no, you will love me. I promise. And so I, my, my team rolls up. And he was like, hey, get out of here. Like, leave her alone. I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And we did. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really strange to me how easily I'm now able to kill wizards. Like, my spells are slightly better, but I'm not using anti-wizardry stuff. So, what level is your party? I want to say level five. Okay. Probably level five. Four or five. Yeah, I found out halfway through this episode, or the recording mm-hmm. necessary for the episode. So, I'm level eight. And I am at the experience cap. Really? All experience I am getting is doing nothing. Hmm. So, like, I remember when I started this, I knew of the existence of the experience cap, but I didn't imagine it was so low as eight. Um, and I almost considered, like, as I started, oh, I can, like, get a mod to, like, unlock the cap mm-hmm. so I can keep getting levels. But I decided against it. Like I don't think it's in the spirit of the uh, of the podcast to start willy nilly hacking the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Balthazar is level eight. He, he's that that that's that's the situation. Uh, and it also probably will mess up when we try to import into Baldur's Gate two. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to ruin any of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we do that. The nymph is like, "Hey, what are you going to do with me?" And I was like, "Get the heck out of here. Go be free." Mm-hmm. She gave me a cloak made of her hair, hmm. which is creepy, I think. Sure. Well, hair's one of those things where it's perfectly fine attached to a head, mm-hmm. but the moment it's not attached to a head, it's disgusting. It's it's just, yeah, it reminds you of mortality. It, it can get in your mouth. That's the worst yeah. part about hair not attached to a head. You just, it's way easier to get into a mouth. It's so much easier to get right in your mouth. So, And it's harder to get out of a mouth. I could just imagine wearing a cloak. Ugh. Anyway. So I rolled over to uh, this other dude, Razimuth or whatever. And I was like, hey, I didn't do anything <laughs> that you wanted me to do. Whoop, whoops-a-daisy. And so he like tried to kill me. And he did. He killed me the first time. 
Mm. But then I reloaded the game and just went into his house and didn't even talk to him. Just preemptively killed him mm. and one shot at him, basically. And when you do that, do you take a reputation? Hit? You do not. Damn. He had murder in his heart. There you go. Mm-hmm. And the, and the authorities of Baldur's Gate knew that. That you know what? If you don't know, like the pre, innermost... the pre crime flaming fist unit was was aware. <laughs> Look, it's decreased murders in the Baldur's Gate area by over seventy percent. Yeah, you can't argue with numbers. You can't. So, so he's got like a weird little house that like in the in the overworld map or whatever right like the the outside map is mm-hmm. like small it's like one story two stories maybe mm-hmm. on the inside it's like seven stories ooh non euclidean house i guess and uh it each level has like a different monster in it damn so like level 1 yeah it's a pretty cool little like uh dungeon experience so like level 1 was some slimes mm mm-hmm. mhm and this took forever for me to, like, do each one of these levels and then, like, heal up. Because you can't heal anywhere, so you got to go to an inn, right? Damn. So I do slimes and then ghouls, I think. And there's, like, six mm-hmm. ghouls. And then kobolds with, with like, fire arrows plus two. And then hobgoblins. I don't. I might not have the order right, but hobgoblins. And then I think that's it. And then at the very top, there are a bunch of spells and then a book that will increase my intelligence by one. Whoa. Yeah, a little skill manual. I didn't even know it was there. Ticklevar does not need that. No. I don't know who <laughs> does. I'm going to give it to Minsk, I think. What about uh, Donahir? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe it's useful. Can she get 1895 <laughs> intelligence? I don't know if I don't think intelligence works with the slash. I don't think so either. But anyway, that was the that's the thing I did. Hopefully that uh, nymph will be my buddy later. Yeah, I only really did the one side quest that I'm about to get to. It's mm-hmm. the other half of that dot dot dot. It's the other half of the brackets. Okay. But in a little inn that I stayed in, I saw a woman, an older woman named Sanadol Gwist, and she was crying. And I talked to her, and it looks like I'm about to get a quest because her brother and cousin named Shank and Carbos are missing. And I, and, but as I'm about to like accept the quest, I look through my dialogue options, and I see, and one of the dialogue options is, oh, those two guys tried to kill me in Candlekeep. Yeah, I they're remember. dead. Oh, oh, I knew I recognized those names. Yeah. So I tell her, yeah, those two guys tried to kill me, and I murdered them both. Mm-hmm. And then she stops crying, and she kind of wipes her eyes and says, oh, well, I guess they were pretty dumb anyway, and that's it. Well, uh, yeah. They tried to kill a, a strapping young Balthazar. Yeah. And were smote from head to tail. Mess with the best. Die like the rest. That's the other half of that that I just said. How was that the end of the dot, dot, dot of that story? No, we're not even... That was an interlude. We're not even Uh, to the other end of the dot, dot, dot. Well, should I tell about my other side quest experience? Yeah, go ahead. You did did two, right? I did two. Yeah. Okay. So I'm wandering around. 
trying to find uh, trying to find rage fast is when I start this quest and this little kid comes out and he says hey my uh, caretaker or whatever he needs to talk with you we have some like real problems and I said what kind of problems he says look I'm a child follow me <laughs> okay I didn't say that directly but it, mm -hmm. it was pretty pretty clear he wasn't like uh, prepared to give me the full mission details mm-hmm so his name's like Varey Roaringhorn. Mm-hmm. And we go into his house, and he lays out this story where he and his little, he's a little kid, he and his other little kid friend were hanging out in the water house, which is the Temple of Umberly. If you remember. Which we met from, uh, kind of met her representative last episode. Mm -hmm. I helped her, Councilman murdered her. I did. Not, not mm -hmm. my fault. We can go to the tape. Not my fault. Sure. Uh, but, so yeah, so they were hanging out in that temple, and the priestesses caught them, and this kid who's talking to me got away, and the other kid didn't, and they just straight up killed him. I think they drowned him. It's like a child murder of some sort. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I think he just told me they caught him. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was explicit. So, this dude, this caretaker, is the father of the kid who died. And he says, look, I need you to go get this body. And I say, well, why don't you go get the body? That doesn't sound like a job for me. Sounds like, mm -hmm. sounds like your problem. And he says, well, I'm a, pre I'm a priest of Timora. Mm -hmm. Tell us about Timora. Timora is the goddess of good fortune. She is uh, one side of kind of a duo of intermediate deities. Uh, there's Timora, and then there's Bashaba, and Timora is the goddess of good luck, and Bashaba is the goddess of bad luck. Now, you may be wondering, why would anybody worship the goddess of bad luck? Well, the people worshiping Bashaba want to avoid bad luck mm -hmm. and want to, like, afflict bad luck on their enemies. And Timora is kind of—I think Timora has kind of become, in several editions of Dungeons & Dragons— or at least in the Forgotten Realms uh, guidebooks, like a pretty common deity that like adventurers, bards, halflings will choose. Yeah. It's like, yeah. She's kind of like good time adventuring fortune. Exactly. Like a good 25% of the D&D &D player base. It's kind of like what Time War is about. And the other, you know, 75% is Bane. <laughs> that, that, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, that'll be in our lore episode. Mm -hmm. When we painstakingly lay out the entirety <laughs> of the pantheons of the Forgotten Realms. All the cosmology shall be revealed. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll talk about Asmodan. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. But uh, anyway, so he's a priest of Termore, and he says, Well, look, the church leadership has told me that that kid was just unlucky. Mm. And I can't go get him because Timora has spoken here. Oh, she did not give him good luck. So get out of here, basically. Ouch. So we contract in and we go get her. I say, I'm going to go get her. I'm like ready for a fight, right? I'm ready to go in here. Umberly is an evil aligned god. Mm hmm. Rude as hell. And I'm ready to go fight her or fight the, the priestesses. And I go in there. And I say, hey, can I talk to your leader? And they said, I don't know about that. And I gave them 50 gold. And they said, okay. Sure. Priestess comes out, head priestess. 
And I say, can I just buy this body from you? And she says, yeah, it's 2,000 gold. And I'm like the richest human alive. Yeah, at this point, you're so rich, you aren't even selling the gems in your never-ending gem bag. No, I've never sold a single gem. I have 20,000 gold. Yeah, I mean, the gems in your gem bag are probably dense enough at this point to have their own gravitational field. Mm -hmm. And so I pay my 2,000 gold, get the body, take it right back. And this is maybe the best payoff for a quest uh, I've experienced in this game so far. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I think it is. So I give the body back. This father uh, raises this child from the dead and then just starts tearing into him. Damn. And he starts yelling at him. He's like, hey. He's like, you know how much energy it takes me to use this spell if your mother weren't dead she would die again out of embarrassment of you dying in the priest or in the temple of umberly it's like that level of stuff whoa you know what quest that reminds me of no the chicken quest it's very similar there's a lot of disappointed dad figures yeah in this there's there's a lot of about that kind of stuff here some like real David Cage stuff going on. It's some real. It's all about uh, all powerful dads. It's kind of mm-hmm. what Elminster's all about. Oh, he's like kind of the ultimate a, dad. Yeah. No, I mean we, we've got some major overarching plot stuff that's resonating too here. Oh, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Can't really talk about that yet. I guess that'll be next no. episode, right? Yeah. But you know what, listeners, if you don't know about the Baldur's dads, mm-hmm. there's a reason this is called Mages. You know, mages mm-hmm. and and murder dads. Murder dads. It's not just about dad murder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about a murder dad. Sure. But anyway, so those are the two big like uh, side quests I did. Yeah, awesome. So, more or less, kind of after I do like a few rounds, and I li- I just try to explore the city because I want to find this Seven Sons trading coaster mm-hmm. and. To give you an idea of, like, the layout of Baldur's Gate, it's really big. Like, this city is is quite large. Yeah, it's and, nine zones total. Yeah. And um, it's kind of, like, in a, in a grid. So it's 3-3-3, three, 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 I think. And I'm wandering around, and I pass by a building. And I'm, like, clicking on all the little buildings. Like, they have signs sometimes. And this building says, The Iron Throne. What's the Iron Throne, Danny? Well, it's, I mean, we, we, if you've been listening, dear uh, viewer I haven't. The Iron Throne are the people uh, behind this, this atrocious Rube Goldberg conspiracy to do something. I guess to cause war with Om, to raise iron prices combined with iron scarcity and multiple demi-human mercenary bands in order to, in order to make gross amounts of, uh, of gold, right? Like, they're just this evil trading group. Um, mm-hmm. And I pass by a building named Iron Throne, and Balthazar looks down at his at his hand, and he's holding a sword, and then he looks up at the building, and he says, well, I'll just kill everyone in this building. Hold on mm-hmm. now. So here, you're on the way to the Seven Sons trading coaster, right? Yes. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. At the end of the last episode, we said we were going to go to the Seven Sons trading coaster. Yeah. And you had that information in your brain, and you thought, nah, I'll just kill everyone at the Iron Throne. 
Well, yeah, because ultimately the Seven Suns trading coster. This is we're just placating Scar's curiosity here. Mm-hmm. Right, like Scar is like, hey, weird stuff's happening, and um, my friend won't talk to me, and I think they're making some bad business decisions over at uh over at Seven Suns over at the Coster, you know. So it'd be really nice if you could you could just check that out for me. And I say, sure, sure. But that's not our real quest, right? We've got these names floating around, like Railtar and Savarok and and the Iron Throne. These are the people who've been sending us on a wild goose chase. So I look at the building. I'm like, well, look, it's a quick stop in. I'll stop in here. I'll murder everybody. And then we'll move on. I can help Scar out. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this the point where you sent me a text message that said, I've murdered everybody in the Iron Throne? Yeah, I think it was something along the lines of, hey, I I just killed everyone in the Iron Throne. Is is that is that gonna mess us up? And and, and then you, you asked me something like, Why did you do that? And uh what did I say? I I think you just said I did it. I think I said it's because they're bad guys mm-hmm. and I saw their building. Which was totally true. But yeah, so I I go into uh, I go into this building and I kill everybody, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to be like a major plot point in like two or three beats. So I'll spare you the the grisly details. But and here's where we come all around, like can, all this dot, 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 dot stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm going to be showing this on screen mm-hmm. in little segments just for the the comedy benefit here. Mm-hmm. You said. Because the Iron Throne is bad, and I saw where they were. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of out of the way. So maybe maybe in my mind I was thinking, oh, they didn't expect me to find you, huh? But here you are, with a, with a sign on your building and everything. They're not hiding. Um, no, it's very strange. Um, and so I do this fight at the top, which we'll talk about probably in an episode or two. And um, you can't, it's kind of like how Kunzelman was saying you couldn't rest in uh, in that mage's home with the multiple non-Euclidean floors mm-hmm. because it's like not zoned, like it's not zoned commercially. You've got to like go to a commercial hospitality section, like that's zoned residential. Yep. You can't rest in residential, as ironic as that sounds. Um and uh, so I had to go to an inn and then rest, and then I go back and you know fight a little pe- fight a few people, and then I you know rest. And I wake up from one rest and I drop fucking dead. It just says you died. Yeah, like Dark Souls style. Yeah, I reload, and and I, I okay I rest, and then I notice a little message after I rest that I missed last time. Hey, you are actually poisoned. You really need to get that antidote. Dank. Yeah. So, I had to take a whole fucking break from <laughs> from killing the Iron Throne <laughs> to go track down this goddamned antidote. And then I've got to go see the, the Umberly people, too. Oh. Because Lathander is also poisoned, and he wants the antidote. And he needs this scroll from the priestess of Umberley, so I have to go get that, and I buy it for, like, 2,000 gold. Umberley's probably not that bad. She's just a businesswoman, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Seems to be hoarding people's children and uh, anti-curse scrolls, but... 
Sure. It is what it is. Um, you gotta make a living. You gotta make a living. So I go, I get the scroll, I go back to Lathander, I say, hey, here's the scroll, give me, um, give me the thing. I need, like, I need the antidote. And he's like, oh, I've only got half the antidote. You need to get the other half from, from Merrick. And Merrick's at the, at the Blushing Mermaid or some other inn like that. Oh, good lord. And then I have to go to Merrick, and then I have to confront him, and then there's ju- it's just messy, and I and I tell him, look, I, I need this thing, and he says, and he says something, and at this point I am so frustrated, not just in the game, role-playing, but me, Danny. <laughs> um, and I don't even know what the fuck he said, I cannot remember. Just kill and him. I'm, and I murder the hell out of him. <laughs> and, uh, and then I cure myself. And I have, like, a little potion now that, like, cures, will cure anything, apparently. It's got two more charges left, so at least it wasn't a total loss. And then I go back to the Iron Throne and I kill everybody in that building. Was there a boss? There is a boss, arguably, and I think from my previous playthroughs, probably the hardest or second hardest fight in the game is in that building. Okay. Well, don't talk about it yet. That's next episode. Yeah. Weirdly Um, enough. Yeah, so I think we're almost to the Custer of the Seven Sons, but uh, is it that time? I think it is. Oh, man. Do you know what time it is? What time? It's time for the Elminster Minute. Whoa. Uh, I You know, I'm reading this book still. Mm-hmm. And... Elminster, uh, you know, in the past thing, I talked about his heroic journey up into being a new kind of person or mm-hmm. whatever. Now he's not really doing that. Elminster became a thief as a young child, trying to get at the mage lords that he hates. Hates a mage mm-hmm. lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really, when it's called the making of a mage, I'm very confused about when he becomes a mage. But he's trying to get him, and one night... Uh, he was standing in front of a bunch of, uh, he was trying to rob somebody, and a mage came in, and he, like, put this big lightning whip thing, summoned lightning whip thing, probably has a cool name in Forgotten Realms lore, and he put it around all their necks, and he cut all their heads off. All of whose heads off? Well, that's the end of the Elminster Minute. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody for listening to Elminster Minute this episode. Next next time we're going to learn about what Elminster did the, the next part of his life. <laughs> it's really, really a play-by-play here. I, I, I haven't been reading the book very quickly. Well, I mean, all you got to do is read five pages a week. Of, or No, that pages. was, I just, I just summarized 40 pages. It, this book, the pacing of this book is very strange. Okay, because in the first five pages, his whole village gets raided by mage lords, and he swears vengeance. I forgot in the last episode, they were riding a dragon. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, that's all I got. I've really given you like two minutes. It was really Elminster Minute and Clarifying Minute, (laughs) but not about the current minute. That's important. Yeah, no, it's uh, all new information, so you cannot answer... My last question. No, we don't. We're gonna have to. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out next week. Um, Well, fun. So, okay. So, did did you go to this place and did you find out what a coster is? I I never found out what a coster was. 
Mm -hmm. People said the word like a hundred times. Huh. Yeah. I did go to the place. I went right in, and they were saying, ooh, ooh, la, 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 la. No one said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was trying to have a stalling for time there. Uh, no, I, so I go in there. I was talking to this merchant, and he was like, hey, uh, get out of here. And I said, hey, I'm looking for this Yasso guy, J-H-A-S-S-O, Scar's buddy. And he says, oh, my God, I think everybody here is some sort of creature. I see people changing faces. I'm getting the hell out of here. Yasso is gone. So this guy kind of breaks ranks with uh, everybody else very quickly. He's a terrible member of the Coster. Yeah. The, the Costner, the Kevin Costner. He might be a great member of a Coster. We cannot make that determination while we do not know what a Coster is. That, that it it may true. well be, by definition, a Coster is a loose affiliate of cowards. Mm -hmm. In which case, he is a paragon. So I run around in here for like a few minutes. I go upstairs. There's no one upstairs that I can talk to that has unique dialogue. And Everyone been, looks the same, don't they? They're, they're like, all that same model. Yeah, it's kind of like a portly guy. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, he's just that guy. The merchant model. Merchant model, yeah. And uh, But yeah, there's a door. I go through the door, and this is like a murder dungeon. <laughs> like it's, it's a really abrupt transition, too. Yeah. It's like a very opulent you know, trading guild. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like you go downstairs and then through a door. Now you just got... It's like connected to the main hallway. Yeah, it's like where a kitchen might be. Sure. And it's a murder dungeon. There's a doppelganger in there. Immediate, like, right next to you when you go in. Mm -hmm. Danny, what's doppelganger? A doppelganger is a creature that can assume the form of other humanoids. There we go. So, That's, there's yeah, a doppelganger so... in there, and Yasso is also in there. So, I killed mm -hmm. the doppelganger. Choo -choo 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 -choo. I have to imagine that with a party of... You've got a full party of six, right? Mm-hmm. So with a party of six, when you, like, moved in, like, loaded into that room, you were probably already pre-surrounded the doppelganger. Yeah, he just died immediately, or it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it died immediately. Mm-hmm. Didn't really get a lot of info from it. But I talked to Yasso, and he was like, hey, yeah, uh, all these doppelgangers rolled up in here and took my face, and they're Im impersonating everybody, and they're messing up my whole business. And then he just wanders off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume And, you, and where, where does that leave you? Leaves me in Baldur's Gate. Where are you? I'm in Baldur's Gate, but... Oh, okay, good. What do you do after that? I went and talked to Scar. I told him about it. And then, uh, very annoyingly, he told me that I needed to go back and clear it out, and he would give me the double the amount of gold, so I went to do that. Oh, I just, I, I immediately decided I need to kill all these doppelgangers. I did not. I I was, uh, I didn't want to have to go upstairs and, like, do all that other stuff. So I just went back to Scar and then had to go back again. Oh, bummer. And here's what's really weird. The game clearly didn't know that I had, like, permission to kill all those people um, from Scar. And so when I went outside, a Flaming Fist member was there, and she was like, Hey, uh, you should... You should think about your actions. I remember. So somebody told me that after I left the Iron Throne, somebody came up and was like, you need to stop, like, causing all this ruckus. You need to talk to Scar and, like, the Duke Ellington. <laughs> Elton, right? Elton, not, not Duke Ellington. Okay, Duke uh, Elton John. Mm -hmm. And you need to, like, 
advance the plot and stop fucking around out here. Yeah, basically the, that's what she told me. Yeah, yeah, but but she did not know that you had already talked to Scar. Yeah, it was really weird. It was a weird little moment. It's kind of the same little weirdness as when uh, didn't Kivon leave your party in a huff? Yeah, like two point. seconds before we were finishing his mission, I got him back though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those weirdnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I go back to Scar. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him, and he said, I have another mission for you. He said, people have been killed all night long, every night. Which is, this is another thing that happens again in Baldur's Gate 2. Whoever, the the writing team of Baldur's Gate loves people in cities being murdered at night. Figure out why. Yeah, real, real Jack the Ripper mystery here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I tell him, that, or he tells me that, and he says... Uh, you know, people are being murdered, we don't know why, and it seems like there's a large creature with many feet. And immediately, my, like, D&D fantasy trope brain kicks in. I know it's this has got to be, like, a carrion crawler, or a giant mm-hmm. centipede, or, like, mm-hmm. any of the other shit I never want to see, ever. Sure, in real life or in, in a game? It, both. Especially real life. Very boring to me. And also, mm-hmm. I think sewers should be banned from all games forever. You are... This is this opinion, audience, is so strong, I have heard it multiple times over the course of my life. Yeah. This is like, this is a, this is like a decade-long opinion. Yeah. I think, I think they should be removed. I think if you put a sewer level into your game, you should think long and hard about why you've done that. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and, and, maybe you, know, you should, I've, pay, I've you should a... donate money to someone in penance, maybe. Yeah, if you do that. But so he told me that, and I was like, I think that's a sewer mission, not doing it. And so I skipped it. Well, darn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just didn't do it. I, I told, he said, uh, talk to me again if you want me to assign it to someone else. And I immediately clicked on him again. Oh, so you just, the moment you talk to him again, mm-hmm. he... He takes that as uh, you not being interested. Exactly. Okay, so that's what happened to me because he assigned me that quest. And, I mean, it's okay that I didn't do it. I'm at max level. I can't get more. I have no use for money, and I don't need more experience. So it's really, like, unless this Karian crawler dropped a a better two-handed sword, which I doubt it would. Um, I'm, I'm not really, not really interested, but, and then I, I think I just wanted more details about it, and I talked to him, forgetting that that would initiate the end of the quest, so. Well, it's really weird, like, that's the only interaction like this in the game so far, as far as I know, and as far as I can think of what I've done so far, right, where talking to an NPC again, but not choosing something, you know what I mean? Yeah, like where you could just gate yourself off by adding one to like the talk variable or whatever. It's very strange, very weird little piece of scripting and design there. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where, and I think what had happened is I had saved the game, I'd like done something, maybe the next day I come back and load, and I talk to him just because, oh, well, I think Scar was like my quest hub guy right mm-hmm. now, and I just like canceled a quest by doing so, which is a little weird. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I've finally got the platform to really extract this from you. Okay. Do you think that sewers are bad because of, like, it's is it's like a pre-made um, scenario slash set of enemies slash 
environmental sound effects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it's just lazy? Is it the laziness that angers you? Or do you have, like, a deeper distaste for the idea of being in a sewer? Uh, it is the former. Okay. Like, it's an aesthetic problem, not a deep-seated fear of the sewer. I mean, I feel like that would be reasonable. If I, you it just... would, but that's not it. There, It might be that somebody out there has your same opinion, and their opinion is, look, as a game designer, you should never shove your players into a shithole. Mm-hmm. Like, on principle. Well, like, here, you should respect them more than that. So here is my... Uh, here, I don't believe that, because Fallout 2 has a really great quest where you can mm-hmm. drop a bomb into a um, an outhouse... And you can go down into it. It's a big poop cavern. And you Ooh. fight a bunch of monsters in the poop cavern. Mm-hmm. Totally pro that. That's very funny to me. Okay. So yeah. Proto sewer. Proto yeah, it's yeah. Before sewer, there is proto sewer. Totally down with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just don't like it because there's only so much you can do in a sewer, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be long corridors, it's gonna be kind of windy, it's probably gonna have like water that will uh, have traps in it, maybe like in this context that might uh, poison you. It's gonna have disease monsters. It's just like everything that comes. It's gonna have slimes, which are like difficult to kill if you don't have magical weapons of certain kinds. Right, blunt weapons don't do anything to them, or no, slashing weapons don't do anything to them. It's like mm-hmm. all of this additional set of assumptions about sewers that comes with it. And it's just an aesthetic package that I find it, it's all it always takes way too long and it's never different. And it's also usually like a this is actually a little strange because the sewers are, are usually a introductory adventure. Like that's the mm-hmm. second dungeon you go in usually, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. They uh it's really funny. I talked to a guy, like a, a random commoner wandering around Baldur's Gate, who said who who I even wrote it down, he said you should go check out the sewers. I ran into that guy too. And I was like, why would I go into the sewers? And he says, it's the urban man's dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the urban man's dungeon. Mm-hmm, the they're really trying to, dungeon. the fact that they're trying to sell you on it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was okay. Uh, and yeah, the only way to make it better is to, and this is what literally every game with a sewer does, is to say, actually, the sewers connect up with other more interesting places. Which just makes it the environmental middleman. Yeah, and were. so why was why was a sewer necessary for that, exactly? Like, why didn't you just give me a bunch of interesting places that I could, like, go to off the street? What, what about uh, if the sewer is not a dungeon and is merely an extension of the city? So you don't have hostile creatures down there. You got some, like, uh, you got some, like underbelly type stuff and it's not windy and like confusing it's just kind of sewer like and and like relatively in a grid Mm -hmm. and then you access the more interesting places from there would you be against that no i think that'd be okay kind of like the Mm -hmm. way uh it's used in skyrim like yeah in uh in the thieves guild yeah yeah that's okay Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not against the sewer as an environment i think i'm against it as an adventuring space I see. Because it's, it's just foreclosed, right? There's only so mm-hmm. much you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, join us uh, next week for our uh, new podcast, Sewer Talk, mm-hmm. where we beat this like a, uh, like a dead carrion crawler. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
and that's that's it. That's <laughs> the end of the episode. I think that is the end of the episode. Is that really the end of the episode? I well, think so. What's next? We gotta. Well, I gotta fight the Iron Throne. Well, I think what you do is you talk to Scar after you know, like you talk to some people in mm-hmm. the Flaming Fist. I think you got to talk to uh, Elton John. We got to do some recon. Yeah, you got to just go in there and talk, and you're gonna you're gonna get some some real infos, and they'll they'll point you in the right direction. They're gonna be cross talk. Sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure what's gonna happen is you'll go back. And granted, I did short circuit this quest, so I'm speculating a little bit. I'm pretty sure that you can uh, talk to enough people in the Flaming Fist where they'll be like, "Look, you need to check out the the Iron Throne. Like, you need to figure out what's going on over there." Mm-hmm. And it probably leads you over there. Well, we'll see. But yeah, we'll probably do that, and I might do some. Uh, I might do some more side questing in, in Baldur's Gate and see see what I'm missing out on. Maybe I'll go like recruit a NPC. Now that I'm max level, because it should, like, auto-level them to max level, too. To get, like, a protege. Sure. Like a little best friend. You should get... Here's my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's even better. Okay. This is not possible. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> never mind. Here's my suggestion. Outside the Flaming Fist, there's an NPC that is recruitable named TX. Okay. TX is a gnome who believes, I think, it's been a long time, I think he believes he controls all of space and time. That sounds great. You should make, he's like a little illusionist, I think. Uh, what a perfect mi- mix. Mm-hmm. Illusionist, barbarian. He's pretty cool. Oh. He's a pretty cool, cool guy. And I think he becomes a villain in Baldur's Gate 2. Oh, fun! So, plot important. Maybe it'll, I, it'll I be so. it'll be a fun little time. Mm-hmm. Um, are, is your roster doing okay? You think you're set for the rest of the game? Yep, here? I'm good. Uh, Viconia occasionally just talks about how stupid uh, surface dwellers are. Kivon mm-hmm. keeps saying that was a good deed <laughs> when we're not doing anything at all. <laughs> like my reputation has not changed in literal weeks of in-game time. And we'll be walking through the streets, and he's like, that was a good deed. <laughs> I think everyone in your party is probably at this point rattled by post-traumatic stress, like, from one thing or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's not like Balthazar, who revels in it and is going to be okay, like he's in that 2% or what have you. No, they want to retire. Yeah, they're they're done, and Kivon is just, like, trying to lay it on thick. We have established our legacy. Please, let's stop. Let's go to Cloakwood and retire. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode, and thanks for listening to previous episodes. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been a, it's a real blast, and we look forward to uh, next episode. Mm-hmm. Leave some comments. Like I said at the top of the episode, like I try to say every time, if you hit the subscribe button, that's really great. If you share this on your Facebook or your Twitter, that is very helpful for us. And what's the one thing? What's the two? You thing? could also you could also just like copy the um, the address bar, like the the URL, uh-huh. and you could email it to your to your buddy and and you know how that one time you talked to your buddy about about Baldur's Gate and maybe you haven't talked in a while and this would be a cool way to like get back in touch with them but without like a really long 
email and you don't you don't know what would happen like maybe maybe you guys start start your friendship anew who knows yeah speculate on your friendships with this podcast that's we're good at the the hedging your bet uh kind Mm -hmm. of kind of thing oh also hit the like button that's what i forgot before there you go hit the like button so what's our poll what's our poll this week Mm. i think a good poll will be am i going to be upset when i recruit somebody like by the end of next episode will danny be upset (laughs) <laughs> that he recruited somebody <laughs> well well i have regrets mm-hmm. will he have regrets about that say yay or nay in the comments we'll tally those up i think we're going to be recording two episodes before you hear this one mm-hmm. but that means we'll have an even bigger data sample we'll include this poll at the end of next episode too yeah totally mm-hmm. awesome well Thanks a lot, everybody. Yeah. So I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. And this was Mages and Murder Dads. So saith the wise Alondo. <laughs> do, 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 do.